1201 Sports is brought to you by Essential Coaching, allies in holistic coaching and educational program development. Essential Coaching aims to produce exponential generational change by creating the deepest connected coaching community in the world. Your pain points are real, Coach, and Essential Coaching wants to help you feel more fulfilled and happier in your career. Join coaches and educators spanning three different continents for real, relevant, and necessary professional development. 1201 Sports listeners can take 15% off with code 15 for 1201. That is 15 for 1201 on any service or a premium community membership. To learn more, visit www.essential-coaching.net. Essential Coaching, empowering coaches. How do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. I'm here so I won't get fined. It's my quarterback. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. We suck. The second half, we suck. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 1201 Sports Podcast. This is your host, Jay Bruyer, and we're back with a fantasy primer for week six. I do apologize for not uploading week five. It was a pretty hectic week. I'm sure everyone can understand with COVID, the hurricane going on. But hey, no excuses. 1201 Sports is back, and we're going to give you the best fantasy advice you could ask for. So we're going to start with Chicago at Carolina. Carolina is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, a relatively low over-under, though. For Chicago, I mean, the quarterback situation, it's okay. But I really wouldn't be worried about starting anybody on that Chicago team unless it's a super flex league you look at the running back situation David Montgomery's a fine RB2 right now and Allen Robinson absolute stud screw you Austin for not trading him to me because he's absolutely blowing up I think Allen Robinson is one of only two guys to lead his team in targets every single week of the season he's an absolute stud don't stop playing him and also on the Carolina side I know it's not an original thought kind of everyone is feeling this way But yeah, Joe Brady is definitely going to be a head coach very, very soon. This offense is absolutely clicking. It's amazing how you can lose arguably the number one running back in football and still be producing at such a high level. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is doing really well. He's a great QB2 right now. Mike Davis is a locked-in RB1. At the receiver spot, you've got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, both extremely playable. They kind of cannibalize each other, really. Both are startable. Uh, Robbie Anderson is arguably the the wide receiver one there right now. You know, let's pull this up. Week five, Robbie Anderson, 13 targets. Robbie Anderson has out-targeted DJ Moore by 11 through the first five weeks of the season. He's obviously their number one receiver. While I personally think DJ Moore is more talented, <laughs> that doesn't freaking matter because Teddy Bridgewater's throwing the ball to Anderson. Joe Brady is dialing up the plays for Robbie. So Robbie's the wide receiver one there going right now. He's a locked-in RB2 in your lineups. DJ Moore, of course, he's extremely talented. He can take step to the house at any time. you got to keep him in your lineup, too. Next up, we got Detroit at Jacksonville. Boys, this is an extremely high over-under that we need to attack. Detroit is a 3.5-point favorite, and the over-under is currently sitting at 54.5. Start all your dudes there. Gardner and Matthew Stafford are going to be in a shootout. This should be really good for them. Let's see, DeAndre Swift. What's his target share looking like? So on the season, he's seen about 17. Last week, he saw four. That was before the bye week. I mean, DeAndre Swift is okay right now. He's going to be a decent like flex play, really. 
but I wouldn't expect too much more out of him until that coaching staff really gives him the full reins. On the other side, James Robinson, he's a locked-in RB2 every week. He's just seeing a ton of volume, and in this high over-under right here, he's going to score, basically. When you move to the receiver position, of course, Kenny Galladay is awesome, but I really wouldn't be worried about starting Marvin Jones anymore. He's seen four targets in their past two games. It's really not what we want out of him. And of course, Hawk is always a good option at tight end, especially because the tight end position is just a wasteland. On the Jacksonville side, I mean, watch out because DJ Chark might be getting overtaken as the number one receiver. Now, that may be a little premature, uh, but because in week four, DJ Chark had nine targets to this guy's seven. However, in week five, this guy out targeted DJ Chark eight to five. That is rookie receiver LaVisca Chenault. A lot of people love him coming out of Colorado. I was one of them. Uh, he's a great player. He's definitely in the flex conversation, maybe even a wide receiver three with all of the targets that he's seeing right now. And of course, we're going to move right into another really, really sexy game right here. Atlanta at Minnesota. Minnesota's a three and a half point favorite. And boys, we got a 55 point over under here. Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, lock them into your lineup. They're going to put up a ton of points. Now, Dalvin Cook did get hurt last week, and it's very likely that he will not play. So, go out and get Alexander Madison. He's likely going to blow up. He's a really talented guy, one of the better handcuffs in the league. On the Atlanta side, Todd Gurley's decent. You know, he's going to be an RB2 pretty much consistently every week. He's not going to give you those RB1 games anymore, especially since Atlanta is more pass-centric. I would monitor the health status of Julio Jones as he's missed, I think, what, a couple weeks now? So really watch out for him, Calvin Ridley. Screw you, Logan James, for not trading him to me. Uh, Calvin Ridley's blowing up, locked in wide receiver one. Like, you, you don't even have to worry about him. On the Minnesota side, again, one of my biggest misses on the year, Adam Thielen. you got to play him this week. They're going to put up a ton of points. And Justin Jefferson's probably a locked in wide receiver three guy this week in this game script. Next up, we have Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee's a three-point favorite. Houston, I mean, it's a 53.5 point over-under. We're seeing a lot of these early on in the NFL. I think it's because teams are scoring a crap ton right now. So start your guys here. Houston, Deshaun Watson, he's going to put up numbers, as always, because he's really freaking good. David Johnson is a fine floor play. You know, he's going to be a consistent RB2, kind of like the Todd Gurley conversation we had earlier. He's going to be really consistent, but he's not going to like blow up for you really. So I wouldn't expect too much there. Derrick Henry is freaking awesome. So play him. So is AJ Brown. And so is my boy, Johnny Smith. Those are pretty much the main startable pieces on that Tennessee offense. Watch out, man. Like Ryan Tannehill, like he's not bad. You know, I wouldn't say he's top 10, like some guys on fantasy Twitter like to say, but I mean, he's decent. You know, he's going to be a good quarterback too, pretty much every week because of that really high efficient offense. For the Houston wide receivers, it's really interesting, man. I would I would keep Will Fuller in my lineups at all times because you never know when he can blow up. He can take like two targets and make a winnable week out of it. Brandon Cooks, he had 11 targets this past week. In week four, he had three. So really high up and down target share there. I'd watch this moving forward. I don't know if I'm confident putting him, putting him in my lineup yet, but I would watch out for it. Next up, we have Washington at the New York Giants. The Giants are a three-point favorite. This is probably going to be a crap game. So I would watch out. Pretty much the only reason I'd be watching this game is cheering for Alex Smith. It's a freaking amazing story. Comeback player of the year incoming for that dude. I'm really happy to see that. 
Antonio Gibson, he's a really nice player there. He's going to get targets, so that'll keep him in the running back two conversation. And Terry McLaurin is going to get a ton of targets, as always. Week five, McLaurin had seven, and then week four, he had 14. So Terry McLaurin will definitely be utilized in that passing game. For the New York Giants, Daniel Jones is all right. I mean, it's actually a good matchup this week, so if there is any week to play him, it's this one. Looking at his receiving options, Evan Ingram is so up and down, man. It's unfreaking real. I really feel bad for you if you traded or if you drafted him at the beginning of the year. Uh, the really the main guy I would have confidence in starting on this New York Giants team is Darius Slayton. Really good pickup by Pringle in our league. Um, I really like the way he plays. He's a big play guy, and he's getting funneled targets. So he's a definitely must-start wide receiver three guy for me. Next up, we have Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and this is a high over-under for Pittsburgh. Like They have one of the best defenses in the league. It's really interesting to see this. Uh, I would probably bet the under on this one. Now, saying that, Baker Mayfield, I mean, you got to really downgrade his play this week because it's such a tough matchup. Ben Roethlisberger should be okay, though. You know, James Conner will be all right. Looking at their receivers, you know, everyone's going to freak out about Chase Claypool. Again, like he had this really big week, the same week that Deontay Johnson went out early in the game. This is two weeks in a row now that Deontay Johnson has left the game early. Uh, I think in week three, it was a concussion or week four it was a concussion week five it was the back uh which really freaking sucks because i had him in my starting lineup both weeks so congrats to me uh i would watch out to see how chase claypool performs with johnson in the lineup you know i think obviously i think it's pretty safe to say we probably saw claypool's ceiling but again like he's i like someone has put it on fantasy twitter already chase claypool is martavis bryant except without the off the field stuff <laughs> basically Chase Claypool, he's a really good dynasty guy right now. You know, it's probably too late to go out and buy him, but, you know, it's always worth a shot to go call up the owner and see what he wants for him. On the Cleveland side, you know, Kareem Hunt, he's a locked-in RB1, even in the tough matchup because he's going to get a ton of work. And then OBJ, you know, you have to downgrade his line, his matchup here because it is Pittsburgh, but he'll still be a decent wide receiver two guy. Next up, we have Baltimore at Philadelphia. Baltimore is a 7.5-point favorite. The over-under is about 47.5. I guess that's because Baltimore likes to play a little slower. You know, Baltimore, of course, you're starting Lamar Jackson, and Carson Wentz was coming around, but this is a really freaking tough matchup. Uh, I think they're going to get behind early, so he might provide you some QB2-type numbers, but Baltimore is one of the best cornerback tandems in the league with Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. So I'd really, really downgrade that matchup for Carson Wentz. Miles Sanders is seeing a ton of volume for Philly, so I would keep him in your lineups but his upside is definitely capped going up against Baltimore. You know, if you have Zach Ertz, I'd put him in your lineup, but I'd also understand that he's probably not going to give me a weak winning performance. There's nothing much we can do about that. Hollywood Brown, really killing it right now for Baltimore, seeing a ton of targets. You will get those up and down performances, but similar to Will Fuller, I would keep him in my lineups, take the good with the bad, because you're going to see a lot more good than bad. And Mark Andrews, He's not seeing a ton of targets, but he didn't see a ton of targets last year when he put up those killer touchdown numbers. So keep him in your dang lineup. Next up, we have Cincy at Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a 7.5-point favorite, 46-point over-under. Um, Joey B, you know, he had a really bad matchup, again, against Baltimore, hence why we wanted to downgrade Carson Wentz. This matchup, 
you know, I'm not going to say it's much easier since Indianapolis has put up good defensive games so far this year. Uh, it does get slightly easier for him. They're going to be in a negative game script, of course, because that defense is booty. So I would keep him in my lineup as a QB2 kind of guy. Joe Mixon, you know, as long as he keeps seeing that passing game work, he's a locked-in RB1. When he's not seeing the passing game work, I'd keep him in my lineup as an RB2 guy. But if we see those target numbers start dipping, he, he takes a definite hit to his upside. At receiver for Cincy, you know, it's probably time to give up on A.J. Green, you know, one of the better receivers I have ever seen, especially in college. Like, that dude at Georgia was a freaking animal. Uh, but right now, it seems like his health has finally caught up to him. But, really savvy move by Cincinnati to go ahead and replace A.J. Green in this past draft where they got Joe Burrow. They also took T. Higgins out of Clemson. He's a really, really, really good wide receiver three option right now. He's probably in that same vein as Justin Jefferson where you're probably seeing their floor for the next three years right now, and it's really freaking awesome to watch. On the Indianapolis side, Phillip Rivers is washed. Stay away from him if you can. Jonathan Taylor, man, this aggravates the piss out of me because, look, I really enjoy Jonathan Taylor. I reached for him in our PCFFL draft. You know, I felt really great about it until I saw my team afterwards, and now I'm kind of feeling it, you know. First game of the year, he saw six targets, and since then, those targets have dropped off. You know, and, it, and unless Indianapolis is in a really great game script, Jonathan Taylor's usage probably won't be there. You know, they still really like Naheem Hines for some reason, even though Jonathan Taylor is automatically one of the most talented running backs in the NFL right now. It's really mind-boggling, and it freaking sucks. Looking at their receiving core right now, like, are you really going to start Zach Pascal? You know, T.Y. Hilton, he's seeing volume, so he's probably like a high-end wide receiver three guy, but I'm not excited about it. Probably neither are you. Next up, we have Green Bay at Tampa Bay. 54-point over under here. Green Bay is a one-point favorite on the road. Literally start everybody. I'm talking Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, even Robert freaking Tanyan. Like, this game is going to go off. On the Tampa Bay side, you're starting Tommy B. You're starting Ronald Jones. You're starting Mike Evans. The only thing we got to look out for here is if Chris Godwin is playing. If he's playing, you're sticking him in your lineup and you're hoping for the best. If not, try and find some something else. Next up, we have the LA Rams at San Francisco. San Francisco is a booty. That's why this over-under has been bet up at least two points right now. It's a 51.5 point over-under. And the spread has flipped six and a half points. It opened as a San Francisco minus three, and now the Rams are favored by three and a half points. That means you can start Jared Goff with confidence. That running back room is so freaking confusing right now. The coaches say they want to give Cam Akers the workload. They want to give him more touches. I mean, looking at the film, it's obvious that Cam Akers is really freaking talented. Give him touches. He will produce. But we'll see. Like, I'm not too confident putting Cam Akers in my lineup right now as anything more than maybe a low-end flex guy. On the receiver side, you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, you're starting them both with confidence. Again, Cooper Cup, another one of my misses. Got to point that out. And at tight end, Tyler Higby, like unless... I would look at the waiver wire, and if there's someone decent out there, you know, I'm not talking about like Drew Sample or something, but if there's something decent out there, I would swap Higby, take him out of my lineup, because this Rams offense, there's just too many mouths to feed. And Jared Goff isn't going to be that guy that we saw a few years ago where super high efficient guy. He's not going to be that. And we can't expect that out of him. He can't support Tyler Higby. On the San Francisco side, it'll be interesting to see if Jimmy G is healthy. I'm really looking forward to seeing about that. On the running back side, I'm sorry to Jarek McKinnon truthers, but Raheem Mostert is back in the lineup. 
he is seeing a lot of the touches. So I would take McKinnon out of my lineup, find somebody else, and plug Mostert back in if you got him. Uh, at receiver, you know you have Debo Samuel. Really slow start right now. He's coming off the injury. Stay with him. You know, trust him. He's a really talented player. When Jimmy G gets back to full health, you know he loved those little dink options because you can't throw the ball down the dang field. So Debo Samuel will be really valuable. And, of course, George Kittle is going to be George Kittle. Next up, we have the New York Giants at Miami. Miami is a freaking nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Never thought I would have said that at the beginning of the year, but, of course, the New York Jets are coached by Adam Gase. So that's why. I'm starting Ryan Fitzpatrick confidently, starting Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. Preston Williams, way more of a wide receiver flex guy. You know, he had a really good game last week, but that volume is still inconsistent as all hell. Uh, Mike Gesicki, he's not a bad option at tight end either. On the Jets side, I mean, they have Sam Darnold. Uh, they just cut Le'Veon Bell, so they have Frank Gore starting. Jameson Crowder, uh, Chris Hogan, you know, the former lacrosse player that Tom Brady made famous. He's starting at receiver for them right now. They're still not getting the ball to their best player on offense, which is Chris Herndon. Like, this team is absolutely putrid. I can't wait to see Adam Gase go. Next up, we have Denver at New England. I think this is the game they rescheduled from last week. Uh, New England is a 9.5-point favorite, 46-point over-under. You know, I'm really hoping that Cam comes back because if he does, he's a locked-in quarterback one for you. James White is probably the running back to play here for New England. However, with such a positive game script coming, his upside is definitely capped. You know, at receiver, they have Nikhil Harry. Let's look at his targets. So in week four, he had six. Going back to week three, he had four. Really inconsistent guys. I mean, Julian Edelman, on the other hand, in week three, he had six targets. Followed that up with a five-target performance. You know, that was without Cam Newton, though. So it'll be really interesting to see how that breaks out. Um, If Cam's not in, I'm probably not starting anyone on this team but James White. But if he is in... I'm at least taking a peek to see what options I have before plugging Edelman and Harry in. For the late night game, we have Arizona at Dallas. Arizona is a two and a half point favorite, a big five and a half point swing in that line. I would say 99% of that is due to Dak's injury. You know, get well soon, Dak, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Don't at me, okay? He's very good in his system, and he does very well with the talent around him. Of course, anyone would. But Dak is an extremely cerebral player. He's good at getting the ball to his playmakers. That's all it takes in the NFL, man. Uh, Hope he gets well soon. Coming off of that, though, we have Andy Dalton starting for Dallas. And he's going to be usable, to be completely honest, because the offense is insanely loaded around him. Andy Dalton will probably be a QB2 moving forward. If you got him in a super flex, I'd feel really comfortable starting him, to be completely honest, especially in this game with a 55-point over-under. You're obviously starting Zeke. You're obviously starting Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb is easily the wide receiver too on that team. Michael Gallup is getting a ton of tough targets, so it's going to be really hard for him to convert that into fantasy points. CeeDee Lamb is seeing much easier targets, much easier volume, equals a wide receiver three moving forward easily. Uh, Michael Gallup, he is a boomer bust guy, like I mentioned. On the Arizona side, you're starting Kyler Murray. He's great with his legs. He's got a great rapport with DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, probably a top three receiver uh, moving forward for the rest of the year. You're obviously starting him. And then we have the running back conundrum in Arizona. We have Kenyon Drake versus Chase Edmonds. Kenyon Drake is basically being used as a bruiser right now between the tackles, and Chase Edmonds is being used how we thought Kenyon Drake would be used. Um, In 
two or three weeks, I would not be surprised at all if Chase Edmonds was the lead back here in Arizona. You know, I know it's surprising to hear, but the way they're using them, Kenyon Drake is not being utilized to the best of his abilities, which is really weird in a Cliff Kingsbury offense that he's not using him the way he did last year. They really like Chase Edmonds. What can I say? If Chase Edmonds is still out there on the waiver wire, go pick him up. If you've got him, hold tight because you might have a really, really talented, usable asset in the near future. And finally, we have Kansas City at Buffalo. We talked about a really good week for over-unders here. This one is 57.5. Kansas City is a 3.5-point favorite. Buffalo's defense isn't what it used to be, so of course we're starting all of our Chiefs especially Clyde Edwards-Elair. He will see the positive regression. Don't worry. There's a reason you drafted him as high as you did. He's going to start cap- He's gonna start producing like it very soon. Of course, you're starting Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Anybody that you got, you're starting them. On the Buffalo side, this is really going to work for Josh Allen. Negative game script. They're going to be coming back. You're easily starting him as a QB1. Stefan Diggs is freaking amazing. I'd even argue maybe a low-end wide receiver one moving forward. Other than that, Devin Singletary might give you some flex playability. You know, he's not a he's not a bad option for them right now. He's seeing some targets, so as long as he's seeing that target load, especially in PPR, you can probably play him as a flex or RB2 guy. Guys, you wouldn't believe how many times I've had to hit stop and delete part of this recording due to all of the pauses because this has been completely off the hip. <laughs> uh, I really hope you'd enjoyed it. If you didn't, Please don't hesitate to let us know on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. We really do appreciate the feedback. We would love to hear from you. Any fantasy questions that you do have, please send them over to those same places. I would be absolutely ecstatic to answer fan mail on the show. Um, Go ahead, leave us a like, leave us a review. You have no idea how much we appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week. Let's get ready for some incredible football action. Hopefully no more games get canceled. There's a ton getting canceled in college right now. Let's hope the NFL can have a good solid week and actually play the games that are scheduled. You know, it's not too much to ask. And for all of us here at 12-1 Sports, even when we're wrong, we're always right.